welcome to another episode of Pocket Loss. So these episodes are going to be like a little book club. Uh, I decided to do something like this because I want this to be sort of a variety show about different forms of media. So these episodes are specifically going to focus on books. So for this episode, I read all the Maze Runner books, except the pre-sequel. I didn't feel like reading the pre-sequel, even though I do have access to it, and I may explain why later, but I'm not sure it really matters now. Unless somebody highly recommends the pre-sequel to me, I'm probably not going to read it. So in these episodes, I'm going to summarize what happens to the books, any possible analysis, maybe... Uh, Just any thoughts I had while reading it. I'm not really sure what to do with these episodes yet, so it's going to be trial and error. I already have a second episode of this show planned out. The third is a work in progress. I apologize to anybody who is expecting weekly episodes. I am taking a class right now. I did just pass, and then I have a exam that I'm taking next week. Right now, my... Most of my free time is spent studying, and honestly that just takes precedence over everything else except work. I will at least try to commit to an episode every other week. Uh, If you listened to the last episode, this is the episode that I had to redo because it didn't turn out right the first time. But let's talk about this series. Why did I pick it? Because honestly, it was one of the few series the library had no waitlist for any of the books. It is also in the sci-fi slash fantasy genre. I haven't seen any movies. I was thinking about watching them to do a comparison, but then changed my mind after reading the second book. Not that I am against watching the movies. I just don't have any desire to at this time. So the first book, Maze Runner. Our main character is Thomas, who wakes up with no memory except his name. He remembers a lot of things and what they're called, but not how or why he remembers anything. He's in a group of about 50 people, all guys. The setting is really dark and gloomy. There's like this giant maze that changes every day. There's a house, a jail, a farm. The people living here have built up a society. I have to mention they're all either, I think, 12 to like teenager age. This is a bunch of young kids. Once he's there, he does remember one thing. He wants to be a maze runner. Maze runners are the ones who go through the maze daily and map it out. They're trying to find a pattern or a way out of the maze. Now, the maze seems to change every day, and before Thomas can even accomplish becoming a maze runner, he needs to learn all the other jobs and how things work around there. So let's talk about our characters. There's Chuck, who is like this kind of bratty little brother type. He seems to be only 12, and I am not sure if he's like the youngest person there. He arrived a month before Thomas did. He kind of latches on to Thomas, and after being given the task of showing him around and telling him everything that's up. Then there's Albie, who's the leader. So there's Galley, who is another notable character. He's described as really unattractive and mean. 
He instantly hates Thomas and says he remembers him from before and that Thomas was working with the creators. Then there's Newt, who's like the second in command. So the reason Galley remembers him, and I didn't say this, but every person in the place doesn't remember anything, but Galley got stung by one of the creatures they call Grievers. Grievers are like, I don't really know. I kind of imagine them as giant roly polies with with super gross slimy skin with metal arms that come out and sting people. People who get stung, if they survive, they remember their past. And it doesn't seem like the past they remember is very happy. So it's said that people who get stung change, become darker. Grievers have also killed people. I'm not sure at this point in the story if the memories they get back are real or if they're false and implanted. It's a bit of a mystery. So I think a day or something after Thomas arrives, an alarm goes off. The alarm goes off whenever there's a new person that arrives in the little village or whatever they have. Now, we're told this never happens. It's always one person every month, same day. What's even weirder about this person's arrival is every person in this place is a guy and the one that arrives is a girl. A very pretty girl, we are told. The girl immediately passes out with the ominous message that everything is going to change. She has a note that says she's the last one ever, so I guess that means no more people are coming. Everyone seems to be worried about what this all means except Thomas, but he's new so he doesn't know shit. Thomas kind of becomes obsessed with this girl. He feels a connection to her, an instant attraction, is it love at first sight? And, you know, she just passed out, so okay, whatever, Thomas. So Thomas is attacked by a guy named Ben who says Thomas is bad and working with the creators. He says Thomas is trying to get them through the maze, and in reality, they'd all be better off dead. Ben was recently stung, so he probably remembers all this stuff. Throughout the book, you see Thomas kind of struggle with Ben's accusation. He wonders, am I bad? Are they all in a prison? Why were they sent here? He doesn't really know. Thomas meets Min Ho, who is one of the runners. He thinks he found a dead griever, or is it dead? Dun dun dun. But anyway, Thomas learns more about the environment he's in, the different jobs. He inquires about becoming a runner. Not much worth mentioning happens at this time until Minho and Albie fail to return one day. They arrive just as the gates are closing and Thomas runs out to help them. He's not really thinking and it turns out Albie is hurt. Minho is mad and tells Thomas he shouldn't have done that. He abandons the two of them. Thomas ties Albie up in some vines that are growing on the side of the maze. He then gets attacked by a griever but he avoids getting killed or stung. Minho reappears and it's them against like four grievers. They trick the grievers into falling off the cliff and the grievers seem to disappear over the edge. The gates now open and the three of them return. Newt takes command of the glade, which is what their village or whatever it is is called. And, you know, Albie's hurt now, so that's why Newt is taking control. Thomas gets pulled into a meeting where they're discussing what to do with him since he's broken the rules. They decide to put him in jail for a day, which seems to be, I guess, kind of light. I mean, he, he was trying to help, though, so I, I think everybody knows that. They also 
make the decision to make him a maze runner, which is what he wanted. While Thomas is serving his punishment, he gets a visit from Chuck. Chuck confides in him that he misses his home, family, even though he doesn't remember anything. Alvie ends up letting him out of the jail and tells Thomas he saw him helping the creators in his memories. His memories of the world they left are terrible and he doesn't really want to talk about them. Thomas ends up hearing a voice in his head. It's the girl he believes. He discovers her name is Teresa. Teresa relays the message that the maze is a code. I'm wondering, like a code in a video game? Is it different symbols? Does it spell out words? Anyway, she wakes up. Everyone thinks she's dangerous, so she's thrown in jail. Thomas ends up going to her and they talk all night. I don't remember if due to this or what the reason is, but the gates fail to close. Everyone tries to hide and grievers come and attack that night. Gally is seen riding one of the grievers. He says one person is going to die every night. I forgot to mention, but Gally went missing and he reappears with the grievers, which is like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, the one person dying every night is a tactic villains often use in movies and shows, so Minho follows Gally and sees him go back into the griever hole, which is another thing I don't mention. They discover that the grievers seem to live in this like little hole. Thomas goes and finds Teresa and he thinks the maze is giving them words for the code. He goes to the others and tells them this. Initially, the building with the maps were was destroyed when the Grievers came. It had been lit on fire, but it turns out that they had all decided to hide the maps and the next time the Grievers come back, Thomas decides that he's going to get stung. The book makes this seem like a terrible thing. The person who is stung is in pain for days, and then when they get their memories back, they change. He thinks it'll be good to have his memories back because they'll be able to figure out how to get out. With rescuing Albie and deciding to get stung, we know Thomas is a brave guy. Even though he hasn't been in the glades long, he has risked his life to help others. After he's stung, memories come flooding back to him, but not all his memories. He remembers they were all chosen as being the most intelligent children. Their names are nicknames, like Thomas is Thomas Edison, and that they are all orphans. My question at this point is, there's 50 guys and one girl? There's not more intelligent girls out there. Is this book sexist or did the author not think of this as a problem? And the only girl that is with them is super smart and also has psychic abilities. Like, okay, but you know, maybe more will be revealed later on. So the creators, as it turned out, built this whole thing to test them. I wonder, were they planning on having Teresa and Thomas be like Adam and Eve as they are the only ones with psychic powers? Why do they have psychic powers though? Were they genetically modified? Are they special? At this point, we don't know. Thomas grows closer to Chuck, and I wonder, oftentimes TV shows and movies will have a character become more significant to either the main character or the viewer because they plan on killing them off. So I'm wondering, is Chuck going to be killed off? He's very... Chuck is very young and innocent, and, you know, it it would make sense to kill off 
this kind of character. Also at this point, Albie seems to be really depressed and I'm wondering, does he have a death wish? Is he also gonna be a character or they're gonna die? Anyway, so Thomas figures out how to figure out the code. I'm not gonna explain exactly how he does it, but the maze spells out words. He also says there's a computer in the, the griever hole where they have to enter the codes in. They meet as a group again and decide what their next plan will be. They decide to go as a large group to the griever hole. They may have to fight, but Thomas is hoping that won't happen. Thomas is thinking they were told that one person will die at night, so he thinks he'll just sacrifice himself. So Albie ends up being the one dying instead, which was predictable. They also lose a lot of people fighting because unlike the one person dying at night, the grievers are actually fighting back. Thomas brings Teresa and Chuck into the griever hole to enter the codes because, you know, he cares about Chuck and he also has this attraction to Teresa, so he imagines that they will be safer with him. Not sure that's accurate, but Thomas ends up fighting a griever while Teresa enters the codes in. She can't seem to get the last code to go through, so it's a bit tense for a moment, but Chuck figures out you have to push a button since the last word in the code is push. Everyone soon joins them. They lost about half the people. They go down to a slide and are in a weird room. A woman comes out and reveals this was all a test. A study. Galley is with her. He kills Chuck, but it seems he was meant to kill Thomas, but Chuck ends up jumping in the way. Thomas is upset, of course, but then a group breaks into the building and takes them all away. They think they're safe. They're brought to like this shelter or something with a bunch of bunk beds. Thomas and Teresa are separated. They're given pizza. Thomas and Teresa talk psychically throughout the night. And then there's a note at the end of the book from a scientist or researcher or whatever. And that's it for the book. They seem to be safe, but are they? There are more books to come, so I doubt it. Did I like this book? I don't know. It's kind of dark. It's okay. I didn't think it was great. I have trouble relating to a teen boy, but you know, whatever. I, I give it like a 7. Book 2, The Scorched Trials. So everyone wakes up inside the building where we last left off. Thomas is having dreams of himself as a child, or so he thinks. I'm still wondering, are these memories, or were they planted? I, I ask this question a lot because we don't really know what's going on in these books. One of his memories is of his mom, but in the last book he did say they were all orphans, so I'm just wondering, how does he remember his mom? Did she eventually die? What's going on? Will we find out? I don't know. He loses contact with Teresa and freaks out. They break in Teresa's room but find a guy named Eris in there. Thomas figures out he's psychic too but he doesn't want to talk to Eris psychically because that's his and Teresa's thing which is kind of immature but okay whatever. So they end up hanging out in the room and wait. They're all given watches, they're running low in food, eventually they're all given apples. So at some point they find numbers and words written on each person. Newt says he's the glue, Thomas is the one that group B kills, which is quite a bit to have tattooed on his neck. Eris says he's the partner, Minho says he's the leader. I guess nobody else in this book matters except these people, so... 
There's a man sitting in a chair reading a book. He has like an invisible wall between him and everyone else. I'm not sure when this book takes place, but I'm, I'm guessing sometime in the future that sounds like pretty advanced technology. So he sits there for a while. Eventually he tells them they all have a disease, which uh, they refer to this as the flare or the the, the people, whoever they refer to them as cranks, and they are all going to die unless they do this scorch trial. So the crank disease is like there are people outside the building acting crazy, they look nasty as fuck, they're diseased, and they're just like out of their minds, and that's the disease that they all apparently have. I guess it's implied that they're all gonna die of this disease. Anyway, the man goes on to say if they stay here, they'll die. If they don't make it to the location that he wants them to go, they'll eventually die. Supposedly, Wicked has a cure at this location, so of course everyone agrees to go. First thing that happens when they leave is they get attacked by this silver goo. One random guy gets hurt. They eventually get to this like desert wasteland. They run into Teresa again but she tells Thomas to run away. They kiss. She's kind of acting weird but Thomas trusts her so he makes everyone run away. While they're walking, there's a storm. Minho gets zapped by lightning and gets caught on fire. They find some buildings and go in. Minho is badly hurt. A crank named Jorge jumps down. He seems kind of crazy. Minho has an altercation with him. Jorge wants him killed, but after negotiating with Thomas, he agrees to let Minho live. However, Minho has to have two fingers cut off, which I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but, you know, we'll see. There's a girl. She Thomas knows, notices her because she's very pretty, and Jorge talks of this really intelligent person named Brenda, and this girl seems to be staring at Thomas. She seems really interested in him. So I'm just kind of wondering, is, like, every girl they introduce in these books really into Thomas? Is he, like, really hot or something? I mean... There's 11 other guys, why not be into one of them? Thomas seems interested in her, and even though it was not long ago that he just kissed Teresa, he, he still seems to be into this girl. So anyway, of course, this girl is Brenda, who's gonna tag along with them. So Thomas and Brenda get separated from the group at some point, and they're in this underground city or something. They see this disgusting, creepy person missing a nose, and I'm somebody who likes, who can imagine things as they're described to me in books. I was really grossed out by this person. They end up getting chased and hiding under a table. It's pretty tense because there are a bunch of cranks nearby. They escape, but they have to kill somebody once they get out. Brenda is mad because Thomas takes too long to kill the guy. They then spend time together, they kind of bond. There's like all these signs all over the city that says Thomas is the real leader. The next day they get cornered by a group that has a gun. They're forced to go to this party. There Thomas is given a drink that seems to be roofied. Brenda is like making advances on Thomas, but Thomas rejects her because of Teresa. Brenda seems hurt. Thomas ends up waking up tied up, and Brenda is too. The people who made them go to the party are asking a lot of questions. Thomas and Brenda end up escaping, but Thomas gets shot. He's then taken away by a burb, I think they call it. Not sure if it's actually bird. It's, it sounds like burb. I just imagine it's this huge helicopter. Surgery is done on his shoulder 
where the bullet is and he hears Wicked is behind all this and the gun was not something they factored factored in. They think Thomas could be the one or something, whatever that means. Of course he's the one. He's the main character. Thomas is sent back. He rejoins his group. Eventually the girl group comes along soon after he is reunited with his group and they take him away. They say they have to kill them. However, Thomas convinces them not to. Soon after he does this though, Teresa pulls him aside with the weapon. She tells him to come with her. Eris is with her too. She's with she reveals she's been speaking to Eris since the beginning. He's her real best friend. They kiss. I mean, normally best friends don't kiss. So I don't know why there's... I don't know why there's this idea of best friends kissing and like, oh, it's just a best friend. No, no, that's a boyfriend and girlfriend thing. Okay, story. Okay. I mean, I don't really know what to think at this point. Are the memories Thomas having of his past you know there's all these memories that he's having with his mom with Teresa I'm just wondering are they fake what are his actual relationships with everyone in this book are like what what's really going on here they put Thomas in a gas chamber he feels okay afterwards after being in there for however long Teresa rejoins him and reveals Wicked made her do all this stuff everything she said they told her to say word for word Thomas doesn't trust her anymore she keeps saying Wicked is good she says it over and over but Thomas you know he's starting to not agree with this they've put them and everyone else through so much shit. People have died. How can they, a place that does all this stuff be good? Especially to a bunch of young kids, you know, and it's a question he's wondering now. Now, Thomas has put Teresa on a pedestal this whole time. Now he's thinking differently. He no longer feels like she's this perfect woman. But to be honest, I felt, and I still feel, she's a bit of a Mary Sue. She doesn't have much personality. Brenda, on the other hand, has anger. She cracks jokes. She seems to be a better character. Teresa's just very blah. But now perhaps Teresa and Thomas's relationship is ruined. He is excited to get back to Brenda, like pretty quick to dr ditch Teresa and switch who he likes after this, I gotta say. He's pretty fickle. But his trust in Wicked is gone, his trust in Teresa is gone, so you know, whatever. The two groups, the girls and the guys, have combined and they get to a location where they're supposed to go and look for a cure, but nothing is there. Wicked lied again. Monsters come out, they fight. I don't remember if the monsters came out of these pods that are there or if the pods are just there, but everybody ends up hiding in the pods until Thomas and the others feel, oh, we have to get out. So they open them up and there's a burb. They're given this false feeling of safeness again. They're in the air being taken away from that terrible place they were at. A man at some point when they're on the burb confronts Thomas and he says, you have to pick between Jorge and Brenda and whoever he picks dies. Thomas thinks this is a trick so he picks Brenda in hopes that he's saving her but the guy ends up trying to throw Brenda off the burb but Thomas stops him. The book ends. Now the one thing I have to comment on is the book at this point they're talking to some people and they're told people all have the crank disease and rather than treat the people who have the crank disease or send them to a safe place, the government just ships off all the sick people down to 
this place where Thomas and all of them were at. I think they say it's Mexico, but I don't remember. So they just shipped everybody down there and it's like lawless and they're all just basically sent there to die. Governments do some terrible things so I can see this happening. It's just a fact that they were all agree, all the governments were agreeing, you know, just send all the sick people to Mexico. I don't really know if that would really work. It's it's not really known at this point what the rest of the world is like. I don't know if we'll ever know. Everyone still doesn't have her mem- their memories back, so I guess we'll see what happens. I think the book ends with another note from the scientist that works at Wicked that we never really see. On to book three, Death Cure. Of course it's not over. I mean, there's a third book. If the series was over, there would not be a third book. But Thomas keeps thinking it's over. Thomas wakes up in a room that is like one of those padded cells you see in a movie in movies with in insane asylums or that's what it reminded me of. He's still mad at Teresa and she's speaking to him psychically. He tells her to leave him alone. She tells him Wicked's logo, Wicked is good. You know, that's all she seems to be able to say about Wicked. They are told when they are released from the cells that the mechanism in their heads will be removed they'll get their memories back. Thomas doesn't want his memories back, but if he doesn't do this, Wicked will potentially have control over him still. He will also lose his ability to speak psychically, but he's pissed at Teresa, so I don't know if that really matters. He sees Brenda, and she says not to trust anybody but her and Chancellor Page. It's revealed a bunch of people are immune to the crank disease, but sadly, Newt is not one of them. Thomas, Minho, and Newt are the only ones out of everybody who decide not to get the procedure to get the mechanism in their head removed. They're put in a jail cell. Newt is angry on edge, which is understandable. He may be losing his mind and becoming a crank. He's aware of it and he's been put in and he's been put through all this crazy stuff, so it's understandable. They were promised a cure, which was another lie. He knows he's gonna go crazy and die, and that's have to and that has to be something that's really difficult to deal with. The guards come along with the man who has been telling them all their instructions and all this different stuff. He's the man from before in the last book who told them about the Scorched Trials. He apparently looks like a rat, but I didn't think that was really worth mentioning. Anyway, he tells them they are gonna be forced to do the procedure now. Thomas agrees, but not really. They attack the man and the guards with him, but they're unsuccessful. Thomas is taken to a room with Brenda, who tells him to trust her. Brenda is going to do the procedure, so we know she's working for Wicked now, which is not a surprise. At one point in the previous book, they kind of give this away. There's a part where Brenda is hitting on Thomas, and Thomas rejects her, saying that you know, he likes Teresa. And it seemed that Brenda knew about Thomas and Teresa, which I thought at the time was weird, and I wondered if Brenda worked for Wicked or if everything they were doing on was being televised. I think Wicked chose Brenda to do the procedure because during the Scorch trials, Thomas and Brenda grew close. They think with a trusted person nearby, Thomas will be more likely to do as he's told. However, Thomas is behaving difficultly. She supposedly is doing his procedure, but she ends up attacking one of the guards 
that's in there instead, and Thomas, of course, helps. They escape, get the others, and try to find a way out. They reach the weapon room, but there seems to be some weapons that have that are gone. Newt points out the weapons seem to have been recently taken, as the dust accumulation is not in the area where the weapons were. As they're walking around the building, there's not a lot of guards, and everybody's wondering what's up. They find Jorge, and he tells them he was attacked. He says Teresa and the others who had originally agreed to have the surgery came and went away. Jorge also works for Wicked, and I don't know if you know, you can really trust anyone in this book so far or in any sort of situation that, you know, anybody's in. So I don't really know what's true at this point. Thomas is feeling bad because everyone left him. You know, he came back for the others, but, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, he was looking for everybody. They were going through the building and looking for everybody, but, you know, Teresa and all of them left them. More guards come and attack them. They get in the burb that Jorge is flying. Brenda ends up getting hurt. Thomas gets hurt, but they escape. They find out Teresa and the others went to Denver, and Thomas makes the decision that that's where they should go to. Once they go to the city, they have to leave Newt behind. Newt is not immune, so he wouldn't be allowed in the city anyway. Everyone else in their group, including Jorge and Brenda, are immune. Jorge makes them fake IDs, they go in. The first place that they're at is a mall. I didn't mention this before, but at some point during all this chaos, Newt gave Thomas a note and said to open it when Thomas felt the time was right. Thomas hasn't opened it at this point. We don't know what the note says, but you can probably take a good guess. So at the mall, it kind of reminds me of how everything is with COVID. Everyone is covering their mouths and noses. They're afraid of catching the crank disease. A man comes up to them and he says he knows they're a part of the group that escaped. He gives them a note from Galley who asked to meet with them. Galley hated Thomas. Thomas thought he was dead, but it turns out he's not. The group decides to go meet with him as they don't really have any other leads. Galley turns out to be a part of this group called the Right Arm. Galley's face is all fucked up when they see him because Galley attacked and killed Chuck, and then Thomas attacked Galley. Galley tells them that the people who are immune to the crank disease are being taken from the city. He thinks Wicked is behind all of it, and that they are conducting experiments on the people. So they're monitoring that situation. There is a guy in Denver who created the device that's in everybody's brains, so they decide to meet up with them to get the device taken out. Apparently there's a failsafe on Thomas's and he ends up attacking everybody when they try to remove it. And I'm just thinking, wow, this is a really advanced piece of technology. They hold him down and they get the device out. Afterwards, they go to a coffee shop. Thomas sees a guy who's on Bliss, which is a drug that slows down the progress of becoming a crank. He decides to just sit there and watch the guy, which gets him in trouble because some guards come along and they notice that this guy on Bliss and Thomas is just sitting there watching everything happen while everybody else runs out, which is pretty stupid if you ask me. He gets in trouble and gets taken away by the guards, but gets away because the guards are killed by Wicked. Wicked tells Thomas that they want him to return 
because with him, they're able to get the final cure. Thomas regroups with his friends, and they go check on Newt, but Newt is gone. There's a note that he's been taken away. They go to a compound where they think he's being held. It's total anarchy then when they get there. It's explained that when you send a bunch of people somewhere, knowing that they're all going to die and go crazy, that you know, the chaos is just what's going to happen. They find Newt, but he doesn't want to go with them. He's angry, especially at Thomas. They leave, and, you know, everybody's upset as they're going. As they're going to leave, there's a big attack from the cranks, so they have to hurry to get out. They're all unharmed. Thomas ends up reading the note Newt gave him. It turns out Newt was angry at Thomas because he wanted Thomas to kill him, which is kind of predictable. So when they arrive back to Denver, they end up getting captured. They demand to know why, assuming it's wicked. Turns out it's the right arm. They want to speak to the boss, Thomas and Bredna go, and they tell Minho to stay. The whole place while they're hiding is being attacked by cranks. They see the boss of the right arm. He reveals they're copying wicked by getting immunes. They're planning on breaking into Wicked headquarters and Thomas decides to help them. Wicked does want Thomas to come back so, you know, he can help. Thomas has to go by himself and plant this device that will shut down all of Wicked's weapons. So somewhere in between all this chaos and going on, Thomas meets Newt again and kills him. This is hard for Thomas. He's lost so many friends and killing someone himself has to be very difficult. I guess this is kind of like assisted suicide, but I'm sure it was pretty difficult. I've never killed anyone. I can't imagine how terrible something like this must feel. So he gets to Wicked and lies to them. He tells them that he'll be their final patient so they can get a cure or whatever or vaccine. He uses excuse that he needs to go to the bathroom, then plants the device there. Going to the bathroom is probably the best excuse you can use any time you need to buy yourself time or escape. He goes back and is taken to the operating room. He changes his mind because at this point he's kind of like maybe he should do it so there's a cure but you know it's not really known. But anyway he's captured and put under even though he doesn't want to do it. He's captured and put under anyway to have the surgery done because they're gonna take his brain and make the cure out of that supposedly. He wakes up from a note from Chancellor Page. She's the one who Brenda said to trust and also the one who's been leaving the notes at the end of each book. We never actually get to see her. She's like this background character that's working on all these things from behind the scenes. The others are breaking into Wicked. Thomas meets up with them and discovers the immunes are being kept in the maze. They go in there and try to help everybody escape. The place is falling apart. Grievers are attacking Teresa is there and she's trying to help Thomas too and she almost dies but Thomas saves her only for her to die later on. I gotta say I feel like writers often do this to get rid of one of the rival love interests in a book or TV show. One of them dies so that way the hero can end up with the other romantic interest with no qualms. So they all escape. Brenda says the amount of immunes they have is a good start. But I think Brenda's kind of suspicious. I think all the women in Thomas's life seem to have ulterior motives. I wonder if there's going to be a sequel, but it reveals at the end of the book that this was the Chancellor's plan. They're going to preserve the human race by having all the immunes together. Perhaps they will produce more immunes. So it's 
everything is starting over. So it's kind of like in the first book how I thought Thomas and Teresa would be Adam and Eve and I wasn't really that far off because in the end that's kind of what they do except with a much larger group. So my thoughts on this book, it was it was like this book was made to be made into a movie. The setting is kind of dark right now and we're in COVID and requiring people to wear masks. You either get better from COVID or die. What they're dealing with in Thomas's world is a disease that affects the mind. You catch it, you can't get better. I think you end up dying from it. I didn't like too many characters in the book to be honest. I think maybe if Newt was the main character it would have been more interesting. You would have seen him losing his mind but I, I, I'd see why they wouldn't want to do that. Thomas as the main character was a bit boring. He's also a teen boy so I, I guess I had trouble relating to that. The romance was pretty light and I have a issue with the two most prominent female characters being interested in Thomas romantically. I didn't love the book series but I didn't hate it. The world building was interesting and I wish there was a bit more to it. I feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions in these books. Like a lot of stuff was like never revealed. Thomas never got his memories back. You know, there was that thing with Chuck's mom and we that never got resolved either because he wanted Thomas to, you know, see his mom and tell her he loved her or something like that. But it, it just never happened. But I, I guess, you know, you can't get all the loose ends like that. And that would have been difficult. It, it just, we didn't really go into the background of a lot of the characters in the book. And I felt like some of the elements in the book were a bit rushed. Thomas wanted to be a runner, but as soon as he gets there, everything is basically over. But I guess if we had him going through the maze and doing all that stuff, it would have been a bit difficult to write. I do think the book did a good job of going from scene to scene to scene. There was always action or dialogue. I can't say there was ever a dull, a dull moment. I thought Teresa was too perfect and a bit void of much personality. Brenda was more likable of the love interest. There, I don't know why uh, love triangles are so popular, but you know, whatever. I personally wouldn't want to be in that situation. This is also just really another story about a bunch of teenagers rising up against a big group of powerful people. I did leave a lot out of the details of the book as I was describing it, so if you want to read these, I, I, I would say go for it. You know, if this sounds like something you'll be interested in, maybe you'll like it. I, I thought it was okay. I, I give it like a 7. You could just watch the movies if you don't want to read it. I'm not going to. I don't really know how well the movies follow the book, but you know, you can do that and if you've read the books and seen the movies, you can let me know. You know, some people do prefer watching movies. They don't like reading or listening to books. If you want to share your thoughts or do any corrections, please email me at pocketlastpodcast at gmail.com. I did take notes while I was listening to this, but part of this was written from memory. If you want me to watch all the movies and review them, just let me know. If enough people ask, I will. But as of right now, I, I'm not going to do it. That's our show for today, everyone. Take care.